Well, hello. This is episode 327, and today we're chatting about cortisol, fat intake and macros, postmenopause and fasting, uh, weight loss, young men doing keto, calculating macros, metabolic flexibility, fatty coffee, cold sores, horrible PMS, supporting teenagers. And that's all. Like legit, I just read off everything we're going to be talking about today. If you have questions about today's content, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. You can also find uh, the show notes in whatever app you are listening with. So if you're unsure how to locate the show notes and the links that I will include in today's show, um, just go to Google and type in the app you're using and then show notes and the Google machine will show you how to do it. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, and heal your body. Starting and maintaining keto can be challenging without the right support. So just for listening to the podcast, I want to give you 20% off the keto beginning with the coupon code Keto Podcast. That's all one word. This 30-day program gives you a clear step-by-step how-to so you can quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles, and get the results you crave. Go to help healthfulpursuit.com slash begin to get your keto beginning discount today. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international bestselling author of The Keto Diet, founder of happyketobody.com, or maybe you know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thanks so much for listening. We are jumping right in. We got a full episode. Our first question today is from Carolina. Carolina? I'm sorry if I said your name wrong. Hello, Leanne. I discovered your podcast yesterday. I'm a 59-year-old woman and have been doing keto for one and a half weeks. So far, I've lost close to 14 pounds and two inches from my waistline. I have so much energy, like an energizer bunny, mental clarity and exercising every day. The last four nights, I've been experiencing an internal current rush sensation in my body that wakes me up. It lasts approximately 10 to 15 seconds. Do you have any suggestions? Many thanks for your time, Carolina. Carolina, I'm sorry. Yeah, chat with your doctor, number one, always. If you guys are concerned, like, I say this in the exit of the episode that all the information I'm sharing here is for informational purposes only and the information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. I've actually memorized that. Um, And so if you're concerned, please chat with your doctor and... Ask them about your adrenals because chance, like you said, an energizer bunny, I'm working out every day. Ah, so great. Chances are your adrenals are not so happy. You're probably also fasting, right? You're probably also fasting. Um, so it's just a lot for your adrenals to handle. That's all. You could eat more. You could eat before bed, a protein and fat snack before bed, increase your carbohydrates a little bit, tone down your exercise a little bit, get on ashwagandha. I'll include one in the um, show notes if you believe that it is uh, related to your adrenals. Uh, ashwagandha is good whether your cortisol is high or low. That's why it's kind of my go-to. Now, you only want to stay on these sorts of herbs for three months. So that's important to note. But yeah, I hope that helps, Carolina. 
Okay, next question, Sarah. I have a question concerning fat intake. I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but in my past life, when eating a high-fat fast food meal, I used to get a lot of phlegm in my throat after eating, and I feel like I needed to cough to clear it. It was a fairly typical and uncomfortable feeling after eating out. I now figure maybe it was due to some seed oils. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, that sometimes happens when I cook a fatty steak or at home too. Is this normal or is it my body trying to tell me something? Sarah, yeah, I would think that the eating out thing and the phlegm and all the things, it could definitely be seed oils for sure and inflammation there and just um, that. But the fact that when you cook a fatty steak at home, I'd be curious to see how you're cooking it. If you're cooking it at too high temperatures, it can oxidize the fats and cause issues there, which can cause inflammation, which can relate to like having to clear your throat. Now, if it's like mucus, if, if it's a postnasal drip, that's something different, okay? Like if it's happening all the time, that's something different. This sounds like it's just post-food. It's either a food sensitivity. I would kind of go toward a food sensitivity or just the quality of the fats or oils. Now, if you cook a fatty steak at home, not only is the cooking process important, but also the quality. I mean, it really depends on what the quality of the meat is that you're eating. I'd be curious if you cooked like grass-fed, grass-finished steak at home by not overcooking it, being careful with the temperature of oils, understanding the smoke point of the oil that you're using and eating that, if it would have the similar effect and just something you can maybe play around with. Hemp hearts, let's first talk about why they are so unique in a class of nuts and seeds. Well, they're actually considered a seed and how they make the perfect addition to your diet. Hemp hearts are rich in fats, but not just any fats, the good healthy ones, the ones you want to fill your diet with to help reduce inflammation, support joint health and balance hormones. Hemp hearts have six times the omega-3 of raw tuna, four times the omega-3s as most fish oil supplements, and they're rich in fiber, promoting gut health and helping aid digestion. They're also a rich source of plant-based protein containing 10 grams of protein per 30 gram serving. What's unique about hemp hearts is unlike many plant-based protein sources, they contain all 20 amino acids and all of the nine essential amino acids, making hemp hearts one of the best plant-based protein sources, or if you ask me, the best. Hemp hearts are rich in micronutrients such as iron, magnesium, B vitamins, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin E. It's said to be nature's multivitamin as it contains high daily value percentages of those micronutrients. Also, for women struggling with hormone health, which is basically every one of us. <laughs> it also contains GLA, which is extremely healthy for women's hormones. You can go to eatenhemp.com slash keto diet. Use the code keto diet, all in caps for 25% off. These are the best of the best hemp parts that exist, guys, because they're backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you don't like it, you get your money back. And this company rocks. So if you go to eatenhemp.com slash keto diet, use the code keto diet, all in caps for 25% off. Give them a try and let me know what you think. Again, if you don't like them, just contact them and you will get your money back. Okay, next question is from Sandy. I was wondering if you could give me information about keto and fasting while being postmenopausal. I'm finding it very difficult to shed extra weight. Any tips or common mistakes might be I might be making? Thank you, Sandy. 
Okay, Sandy, congratulations, you made it through menopause. Now, the good thing is with you is um, it's less complicated as it relates to your hormones for you to follow a ketogenic diet. So you can eat a classic ketogenic diet um, where you're keto all day, every day. You don't really need carbohydrates unless your adrenals are suffering really the only way to tell whether adrenals are suffering is to run a dutch test like i really mean this i i don't see how we can understand enough about the adrenals by just a dutch but you know as with anything i am a student of everything especially i've been going back to school for nutrition and in a program now i'm sure my thoughts will change on that. But for now, I really feel like the best way to know is to test and the best way to test is through a Dutch. So that's kind of my go to for understanding what may be happening with your hormones, especially because you're postmenopausal. Um, you can do the Dutch test anytime. If you'd like to work with somebody on the Dutch test, I will include a link on my one in one uh, consultations and we can go through that. Otherwise, yeah, you can fast. You can uh, fast daily if you want to. If you are not concerned about your adrenals, that's a good option. You could intermittent fast anywhere between 12 to 18 hours. Uh, you could rotate your fasting. Just best to check with your doctor and make sure that they sign off on your fasting. There are some people, you know, who are on glucose lowering medications and those sorts of things where sometimes doctors recommend not fasting. So just good to get the thumbs up from your healthcare practitioner. Okay, next question, Alejandra. Uh, thank you for your beautiful soul that is helping that is helping so many of us. I have your books and started keto this November for the second time. I noticed that this time it's not working. Oh, how many times have I heard this? It's just crazy. It's so interesting. And interesting, I mean, from a practitioner standpoint, frustrating for you, and I totally get it, and we'll get to the bottom of this. My husband and daughter, uh, 24, joined me this month, and they have lost nine pounds and six pounds, respectively, and I've lost absolutely zero. Sometimes I even gain a pound. Very frustrating, but I'm 48. My period is on and off. I really don't know when it's coming, and I wonder what could be the cause. What can I do? I need help. Alejandra, thank you, XOXO. Oh, I have heard, like I said, I've heard this time and time again. I did keto. It worked great. I got off of it. I tried again. It didn't work. Now, usually speaking, these are people that were doing keto before they experienced a little bit of perimenopause and then they tried it again and it didn't work because they started gaining weight on um, a perimenopause because your estrogen is doing all sorts of things. Your progesterone is lowering. Your DHEA is lowering. You're having hot flashes. Everything is just not fun. Again, I'm like a broken record with this thing. You need to understand your hormones. I also recorded episode 331 today, which will be coming out in a couple of weeks or like a month. And I'm like, test, 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 all the testing, all the testing. You got to know what's happening in your body. And it's best to test and not guess to really understand what's happening here. Like, it should be possible, okay, that if your hormones are balanced and there's nothing like out crazy estrogen high dominant situation, um, that you should lose weight on a ketogenic diet. If you're not, nine times out of 10, it's hormonal. And nine times out of those, <laughs> it's it's sourced in the gut. Okay. So that's why I always recommend the three tests, which is blood chemistry, understanding that using that as a basis, and then understanding whether or not to test for GI or Dutch or something else, um, just to kind of get to the bottom of things. But 
I would say based on the fact that you did keto at work, this time it's not. And the only thing that's different is that now you're experiencing perimenopause. It's got to be the hormones. And uh, sometimes that blood chemistry test, at least now, this is how I feel. I'm currently doing a pretty intense blood chemistry course right now. I feel like you still need the Dutch, even though blood chemistry is so incredibly powerful. But that could change. Let's talk in a couple months. But for right now, understanding your your blood labs, asking your doctor for those labs, and then um, doing a Dutch will be helpful to understanding exactly what's happening there. And it might be helpful for you also, Alejandra, to listen to episode... 302 that I did with Magdalena on uh, overcoming estrogen dominance. So that might be a good one to listen to, see if that resonates with you. It might be a a direction to learn about and see if that is something that you might be struggling with. Okay, Regina, your question. Out of curiosity, I'm wondering if a keto nutritional plan focus would be good, would be a good way to address someone with a high metabolism who has trouble staying satisfied and no issue with gaining weight. He's 19, so no issues with weight at this point. I'm asking for my son. He says he's continually hungry. On top of that, he has multiple food allergies that makes finding the right meal choice for him challenging. Fruit, vegetables, nuts, seed, eggs. Any thoughts, ideas, please? Okay, Regina. If I were in your position and I was a mother of a 19-year-old boy who was starving all the time, I would put him on a primal slash paleo plan with more fats than normal. That's what I would do. Um, Period. End of story. That's kind of uh, where I would go with that. Yeah. Because the the thing is the carbohydrates are going to be a lot more satiating usually for a teenage boy, but having him on that primal paleo plan, and I say primal only because it includes a little bit of dairy. I don't know what his sensitivities are, but uh, yeah, either primal or paleo with a strong emphasis on fat intake would be my approach personally. There aren't many treats my husband Kevin likes, so when we found keto bars and he dug right in, I was a very happy wife. Chocolate, almonds, erythritol, stevia, and either peppermint oil, strawberries, peanut butter, or coconut complete these bars. Yes, that is it. It's like a little cake in a package without all the extra garbage ingredients found in a lot of those quote-unquote keto-friendly treats. Bonus, they're gluten-free, dairy-free, no added fiber for those that are sensitive, and they do not melt in the heat like other bars of their kind. Woohoo! You can use the code KDP20 by going to ketobars.com slash KDP20 to get 20% off everything keto bars. Try each flavor. Mint chocolate is Kevin's personal favorite as it hits his sweet tooth just right. Again, that's ketobars.com slash KDP20 and use the code KDP20 for 20% off. Okay, next question is from Megan. Wow, I'm like zooming through these questions. I just recorded, like I said, episode 331, and it was like an hour of like intense questions. So um, gotta have some balance, I suppose. Okay, a question is from Megan. Hi, Leanne. I've got your book, Keto for Women, and I listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for all the goods. Wondering about calculating macros later in our keto journey. I've been doing keto for three years. I did paleo before that for four years, and I recently ditched the fatty coffee in the AM and just have plain coffee as I seem to be gaining weight and experiencing inflammation. I'm doing real fasting, non-caloric now, and it's been better. But 
How much should I be aiming for with my macros? Megan, ah, you said so many good things. I love that you ditched the fatty coffee. If people are like, what? Leanne just said, don't drink a rocket fuel latte. Don't drink that fatty coffee. There comes a point in your keto protocol, I would say like after a year or two, where like a fatty coffee just isn't required. The whole purpose of a fatty coffee is to really like get you into ketosis, get you burning fat. And there just comes a point where you're fat adapted and you just don't want any more fatty coffee. Stop drinking the fatty coffee. And for a lot of women, I mean, let's say your calorie requirements are like 1800 and you're blowing through those calories, like 500, 600 calories in a fatty coffee and you also have a little bit of adrenal dysfunction and your liver needs a little bit of support. Everyone's liver needs a little bit of support. And so you're blowing all those calories in this like empty, nutritionally empty, devoid thing of a fatty coffee. It just, there's so many more uses. So Megan, I'm glad that you ditched that. And, uh, what should you be aiming for your macros? Eh, I can't really answer that question. I The first couple of years of being a keto coach and kind of going through keto stuff, I really felt like everyone could kind of get away with like the classic keto macros, you know, like, you know, like 70-ish percent fat, 20-ish percent protein, 10-ish percent carbohydrates. No, Nope, I just can't even anymore. Here's what I do. Here's kind of the basics of how I calculate macros. Pick your net carbs. Is it 20? Is it 40? Is it 60? And then build your the rest of your macros around that. I like to keep protein higher than other teachers or people that do this kind of stuff or coaches or nutritionists. And that's just a preference that I've seen where people have responded best, best to. If you're like totally lost and you want me to calculate your macros, I do have a program for that. It's called Six Week Keto Weight Loss where we go through and I actually calculate your macros for you personally. So I will include a link in the show notes for that program. You can find out more by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash six week. That's the number six and then week. So you have, have access to that and like That program is so incredibly jam-packed full of stuff. We have six coaching videos. Uh, They're anywhere between an hour, an hour and a half. You get access to the Facebook group to ask all the questions. And you get your personalized plan, which includes your macros and gives you a bunch of different macros. And then I show you how to decide which macros right for you. And you can alternate between them based on where you're at in your cycle. And we have a lot of fun with it. So that would kind of be my recommendation for you. Okay, next question is from Tamara. I'm confused about metabolic flexibility. I think the point is to be able to easily transition from fat burning to glucose burning. But why is this important or healthier? Is it for diet flexibility as in, oh darn, I ate so many carbs and the wrong kinds of carbs today and now I've completely blown through the state of ketosis and it will take me three weeks to get back into ketosis? If I'm flexible, maybe I'd get right back into ketosis. Is that right? But why else should metabolic flexibility be a goal? Ooh, Tamara, laying down the question bombs for me today. I love it. Okay, metabolic flexibility tells us the health of your metabolism. We want a healthy metabolism. You know, I'm working with a couple of clients right now who have, and it's not their fault, they've followed teachers and people 
who advocate for like eating so little and um, they've completely ruined their metabolisms as a result. And we do not want a slow metabolism. We don't want something that just dredges along really slowly and maybe it burns fat, but it barely does. And when this starts happening, what I see oftentimes is that their glucose is going to increase, their HbA1c is going to increase, the HSCRP, their inflammatory markers are going to increase. They're just highly inflamed and not using the nutrients that they even provide. So we want metabolic health, we want metabolic flexibility, and ideally... In a healthy metabolism, we're having a little bit of carbs, we're having a little bit of fat, we're having protein, all is good. We're going from fat burning to burning some glucose and we can just have that adaptation. We're nimble. Think of like, I don't know, like a ninja, like we can just do whatever and our bodies are just so great. Um, That's kind of what we're going toward. Okay. So it's more just, it's not like, oops, I eat too many carbs. Good thing I'm metabolically flexible, but I'm coming up with a program that works well for you. Now, the thing is, and there are so many people that would disagree with me, like so many carnivore people, actually all of them would disagree when I say, I feel like plants have a place in people's lives. I don't think that I will ever, ever promote the carnivore diet as something that most people should do or many people should do or like a handful of people should do. I don't think that it should be practiced long-term. Based on the clientele that I have, based on the listeners on the show, we need plants. We need nutrients. If you are not sensitive to oxalates, if you do not need to avoid FODMAPs, if you do not need to restrict certain lectins, why are you doing it? I just, it just can't even. So if we are trying to set up a nutrient-dense protocol for us that is going to include plants. It's going to therefore include carbs and therefore you're going to be eating more carbs. And so it's nice to have that metabolic flexibility. I like to think of it as when you first start your ketogenic diet, you are a very heavy brick on the side of a wall or like on the side of the road. And like to move that brick, it is hard. Like you are trying to get into ketosis and it is like trying to move a 5,000 pound brick across the road. But then as you become more and more fat adapted and your metabolism is gaining flexibility and it's healing and those ketones are so incredibly healing, they're pumping through your body, things are happening, tissues are healing, mitochondria are being turned on. You become light as a feather. You can go from glucose to fat to glucose to fat. That's our goal for metabolic health. We talked about this a bit in episode 241 on how your metabolism works. So you can check out that. Then episode uh, 261 on your metabolism and blood sugar. Then episode 275, we talked about metabolic health, weight, insulin, and fatigue. And then again, I mean, we talked so much about metabolism. Episode 279, mastering your metabolism Then episode 292, Metabolic Breakdown in Your Perfect Diet. And I've also had Lauren Wise on the show uh, to chat about um, metabolic health. I don't know if I shared that one with you yet, but I'll share it again. Episode 275 was that one. So those are some episodes to check out if you're interested in learning more about metabolic health.
I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Okay, Valerie is asking us, a big fan of your YouTube channel and podcasts and more recent video, I noticed that you're drinking fatty coffee again. However, in an earlier episode, I believe you mentioned how you had switched to your Rockefeller lattes and you're, you're feeling better and you can still drink them while you're fasting. Do you still agree with this and have you changed your mind? Do you break your fast and do you still help? Uh, do they still help you fast longer? Okay. Valerie, something you should know about me is I share content in various platforms and these various platforms are recorded at different times. Like for example, this is episode 327, which is going live on August 8th. I'm currently recording it July 13th, but I also just recorded episode 343, which is going live November 14th. Okay. So The information that I share online isn't always what I'm personally doing up to date in that moment. Uh, So I think it's really important to understand like right now, personally, right now for me and this day, which is July 13th that I'm recording this episode, I'm not currently following a strict ketogenic protocol. I'm not eating keto. Basically, I share about this in episode 331. I've been eating keto for seven years. I started keto with a set of goals. No other human or coach could help me through those goals. So I learned everything to do with the ketogenic diet, started sharing these protocols, started taking my clients through it, started having these results, wrote three books about it, healed my body to the best of my ability with a ketogenic diet, and then got to the point where I was like, wait, keto did everything I set out for it to do. I started wearing a CGM and realizing like, I don't really need to eat super low carb anymore. So now I'm on this process of actually incorporating more carbohydrates. I'm starting to work out again. I'm monitoring my hormones more closely. I'm taking a blood chemistry course. I'm going back to school uh, in the fall uh, for another whole thing, which we'll get into maybe some other time. Um, so uh, things are happening and thing information is always changing as it relates to my journey. But remember, you're listening to a holistic nutritionist who's been in the field since 2007, who, who'd been eating keto since 2014. Okay. I stopped eating keto in 2021 because I didn't need to anymore because the protocols that I had put together actually worked and my goals were actually achieved. And now I'm kind of moving on and kind of going into a maintenance sustaining space. So your protocol is going to be different than my protocol. Where do I think fatty coffees fit in? We talked about this a little bit earlier. Fatty coffees are great to help you get adapted. Once you are adapted, you do not need that ample amount of fat in that kind of way. I would swap that for a nutritionally rich breakfast of meats and eggs and some greens as opposed to a rocket fuel latte. Now, will rocket fuel lattes break your fast? Yes and no. A rocket fuel latte will extend your fast if your goal is glucose regulation. If you just want to regulate your glucose, then 100% have a fatty coffee. If your goal is autophagy, the turnover of cells, the regeneration of your cells, then don't have a fatty coffee. You just want water. Uh, You could also use Earl Grey tea or any black tea or tea that has bergamot, but usually the black tea does, but you just need bergamot oil that will increase your autophagy. So I hope that helps and good luck. Okay. Next question. Melanie, 
Hello, I am a 61-year-old retired RN. My friend recommended that I try low carb to help with my arthritis. Wow, I can't believe how much better I feel now and I'm trying to educate myself more on this new lifestyle. My boyfriend just got a bad cold sore on his lip. What was the home remedy that you suggested? Sorry, I can't remember what podcast that was that you said it on. I don't remember either, but I I don't remember how I shared that, where I shared that, anything. So let's go through a couple of reasons why you could be having a cold or your your boyfriend could be having a cold sore and what's going on with all of that. So first one is stress. Stress usually triggers a cold sore event. So just check in with your stress. Uh, usually they come in pairs because you're just really stressed out. Uh, breathing helps baths help, chilling out helps, going on vacation helps. Make sure that, at least for me, I find that I will get a cold sore if I have a lot of um, sun exposure and like I'm not exfoliating properly and all those issues. So just make sure that you are using a SPF lip balm if you're out in the sun and you're enjoying your day and all the things. I highly recommend guys, like we talk about estrogen dominance a bunch on the show and just hormones in general. Go to EWG Skin Deep and start educating yourself on all the products and all the toxins in your products and just as things die out as you don't have lip stuff anymore get new lip stuff that's not going to cause issues it might have been l-lysine that i shared it's an amino acid it can be helpful to supplement with that for uh, cold sores and um you can get it in food so if you just google foods high in l-lysine you can get some information another amino acid that's helpful is l-arginine Again, foods have those things. You can go with that. What else? Sugar. Sugar can cause that. Uh, Lack of vitamin C can cause issues with it. Zinc. If you're deficient in zinc, it can cause issues. What else? Coconut oil. Oh, I really, really like coconut oil just all the time, just all over your body. Like get out of the shower. I put coconut oil. Okay. Have a shower dry off. Then put coconut oil everywhere and use like an exfoliating towel. I have like a linen towel and then I like rub my whole body and get rid of the coconut oil. Oh my gosh, it is my favorite practice that I do every time I shower. It is the bomb and that can help. And then understanding your gut health is kind of where it's sourced. Our gut is where our immune system is. Well, like, I don't know, 75 to 80% of our immune system is in our gut. So really understanding gut health can be super important. I hope that was helpful. All these answers are just off the top of my head, guys. So sometimes I'm like, what else? What else? What else have I got in that little noggin of mine? Okay, um, I didn't write down who asked this question, so I'm sorry. It's from an unknown human, although they were known, and I just didn't write down their message. Let's call them Tamara. Tamara. I struggle with symptoms related to premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Day 20 to 28 of my cycle, I have a really changing mood swings and the desire to binge eat non-keto foods. I feel like a different person for the week, mentally and physically. Throughout the remainder of my cycle, I feel as though I can live a keto lifestyle with no issues. My doctor offers birth control. Which I don't want. I want to naturally balance my hormones, but I don't know how or where to start. Help. I know that your name is not Tamara because I forgot to write down your name and I'm so sorry. 
that is so frustrating and I'm sorry that your doctor is offering you more hormones, likely estrogen based hormones that probably in my opinion, won't get to the bottom of what's going on. I highly recommend you listen to episode 302. And uh, if you need somebody to walk you through this process, I would be more than honored to help in any way that I can. If you are looking for a coach, a nutritionist, that's me. That's what I do. So I will include a link uh, to work with me one-on-one in the show notes. Alternatively, if you're like, but I don't know where the show notes are, Leanne, I can never figure this out. Just go to healthfulpursuit.com, click on the top where it says shop and click on the first icon, which is one-on-one. I'm currently booking out a little bit uh, for my clients because I can only work with so many at a time. Um, But if you're looking for somebody and you just need support, I would love to help you with that. Um, So again, episode 302 is a good place to start. Yeah, estrogen, 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 and really understanding your hormones running a Dutch panel. Dutch is going to be so incredibly interesting for you. And then also a full blood chemistry panel so we can find out what's going on in there and and work with your doctor on that and they can review that and understand what's happening. Okay, last question is from Nikki. Hi, I just discovered your podcast and I love how accurate accurate you and your guest speakers are on female hormones. Ooh, I love that. I'm curious though about my teenage daughter. She is 14, just started her period four months ago. How should I be nourishing her? We already eat high fat and the kids fairly low carb. My daughter does hit workouts four days a week. She does have some PMS symptoms, mild, but they are still there. Headache, achy breasts, acne, mild cramping. I don't want her to struggle later with hormone issues. Nikki, ah, you're great. I love, love, love that you asked this question. Okay, I'm going to take more of a supplement approach because it sounds like her diet is great. So here are the supplements and nutrients. You can get this from food also, but I'm just going to like list off the ones that I recommend specifically for hormone. Just like here are the supplements that everyone needs or the uh, nutrients that everyone needs either in supplement form or food form to make sure that you're supporting your hormones. Your hormones need all of these things in order to just function normally. A multivitamin, a fish oil. B complex, vitamin C, vitamin D, and no, usually the sun isn't enough. Like guys, I live in the Caribbean, I'm in the sun often and my vitamin D is not high enough. So like I take 6,000 IUs a day. So Canadians who are literally inside for 10 months of the year and their doctors say, just take 5,000 IUs. It's sometimes not enough for some people. So vitamin D, magnesium, a really good probiotic and general detox support. Okay. I'm going to leave that one open for you to do research on because there's a lot to detox support. And generally children, like teenagers might not need it, but you can do like a super gentle one, like designs for health Vega cleanse would be a good one. Uh, It's just a little powder that you add to a drink just to see how they do with that. And then blood sugar support, um, just making sure like apple cider vinegar before meals, uh, adding cinnamon to things. And just making sure that you are keeping that regulated blood sugar and and educating them on testing their blood sugar, seeing how it goes, like having them geek out on that with you. So that's like general hormone support that everyone needs to be on. Uh, Generally speaking, for kids, since they're not all messed up like us adults are that didn't know anything about this and totally screwed ourselves up, (laughs) usually needs to come in supplement form. But for kids, usually they can get away with a lot of this in their diet. So again, multivitamin 
vitamin, fish oil, B-complex, vitamin C, vitamin D, magnesium, probiotic, general detox support, and blood sugar support. Those are the ones for hormone balancing, general support. Okay, I'm starting to lose my voice. Maybe you have things going on in your life. So we're going to end today. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. We have episode 328. My friend Dallas Jenkins is coming on the show to talk about his busy schedule. He is the busiest human I know, legit the busiest human. And yes, this is the Dallas Jenkins, like the creator of The Chosen. It was so great to have him on the show talking about his keto diet. So good. And then episode 242, we're chatting about preparing for perimenopause with Dr. Soma Mandel. So that'll be happening August 22nd. Thanks for hanging out with me. It's been a blast. I'll see you around hopefully next Sunday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. Notice.